Partly cloudy and 15 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 9 o'clock. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. The chair of the city's safety task force says Calgary needs to lower residential speed limits to 40 kilometers an hour after a two-year-old boy was hit by a truck on Friday. The boy was riding his bike when he was hit in the area of Arbor Ridge Park. He was rushed to hospital in serious condition and that collision is being investigated. Ward 6 Councillor Jeff Davison says he hopes council can move forward with potential changes. And they tell us that 47 is too fast on a residential street, yet there's no ticket I can write them for that. The police aren't going to enforce that. They're doing the speed limit. And so the question is, is what becomes too fast? And in the case of where we're having children hit on roads, look into the eyes of those families and tell them that you're not behind this. Safety experts are also urging the city to consider that car sales have been cut in half over the last decade. And with more trucks and SUVs on the road, there are more serious injuries. More news in a moment, but first, 770 CHQR helicopter traffic. Well, if you're heading into the downtown core from the south side, we have construction northbound McLeod Trail at 12th Avenue, just outside Stampede Park that has the far left lanes closed. So a single right lane gets through right now. Police is also on scene conducting traffic. This goes until 4 p.m. today. Other than that, the airport trail is seeing dry road conditions and light volume all across the city. Do you or your child carry an EpiPen? If so, you should know when your device expires. Check the expiry date today and visit your pharmacy to renew. From the 770 CHQR traffic helicopter, I'm Kay Euston. Airdrie RCMP are asking for the public's help in finding a missing 15-year-old girl. Olivia Martins has not been seen since around 7 o'clock Friday night at her home in Conrich, Alberta. She was last seen wearing a ripped pair of ripped jeans and a purple hoodie. If you have any information, you're asked to contact police. On the surface, U.S. President Donald Trump appears to be weathering his COVID-19 infection reasonably well, with officials saying he's suffering only mild symptoms. Doctors at Walter Reed Medical Center say they've given him an antibody cocktail developed by Regeneron, an American biotech company. CEO Dr. George Yankoopoulos says it's hoped that it will be able to offer a more widespread pool of high-risk patients this cocktail. If we gave them our antibody cocktail to boost or substitute for their immune response, we could much more rapidly clear or eliminate the virus. Within a week, we could drop it a hundredfold, 99% reduction. Trump's doctors say the president is not out of the woods yet and that the next 48 hours will be critical in terms of a prognosis. An Ontario teen may have found a solution to the problem of unaffordable prosthetics for millions of amputees in Canada and around the world. The ones currently on the market can range from $5,000 to $100,000. 17-year-old Abila Salam Iraran is using artificial intelligence and 3D printing to create prosthetics that can be sold for just $500. I think we have the potential to solve a huge gap in the world, but also like revolutionize or at least create an alternative to a huge thing that people need, which is obviously prosthetics and mobility and accessibility. A high school senior says her prosthetics, which she is creating with researchers at the University of Alberta, should be ready by next year. An Alberta Second World War vet got the birthday surprise of a lifetime on Saturday. Global's Carolyn Curry-DeCastillo has more. 
Tommy Baker was just 18 years old when he left Calgary, shipped overseas to join the war in Europe. His first tour of duty, the raid on Dieppe, a battle that cost over 900 Canadian lives. Tommy went on to fight in Italy where he suffered shrapnel injuries. Tommy turned 97 on Saturday. He was expecting just a little get-together with family and a few friends. He had no idea of what was planned by a retired major with the King's own Calgary Regiment. A parade of reservists and first responders circled around Tommy's home in their vehicles while dozens more people came out to wish him well. That was Global's Carolyn Curry de Castillo. Global News Sky Tracker weather increasing cloudiness near noon today. There is a 30% chance of showers, a high of 21. Partly cloudy tonight, a chance of showers and a low of 7 degrees. Mainly sunny tomorrow and a high of 22. It's 15 degrees at 9.05. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update at 9.30. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. What a uh, beautiful weekend we're having so far. And uh, October is looking great. September was awesome. So we are getting a, I don't know, it's probably one of the best falls, um, I would say, for a long time where we're getting the colors. We haven't had the... The killing frost yet, really, a little bit of frost here and there. I know my canna lilies, the tips and that all got uh, frosted a little bit, so uh, letting them dry out, going to dig them out pretty soon. Um, petunias and grasses and all that stuff are still looking great. So if, you're, if your planters are still looking good, keep watering them, give them a little shot of fertilizer. Next two weeks look great, so we can keep flowers and all that going right through all of October. And we actually have a chance to maybe decorate our porches up a bit. Maybe put those pumpkins, get a fall pot mom up there. Enjoy. Like, and last two nights I've gone for a drive last night. My daughter and I went for a, a cruise in the car for about a couple hours. And uh, just unbelievable. Went to Turner Valley down that way and then up around. And, man, the colors are so phenomenal. So if you... Don't feel like walking. Don't feel like doing. Go for a go for an evening drive. Just uh, leave around six o'clock, so you get the sunset, the colors, and sort of head. And if you if you're coming west from Black Diamond and you go through Turner Valley, just keep going straight. Don't turn off. You end up on some gravel roads, but to get then you go back to Brad Creek, whatever. But just go straight right through Turner Valley. Just head west on that road. Unbelievable. So beautiful out there. And like just uh, so close to Calgary. We're, we're very fortunate to have all this uh, so close to us. No matter if you live in the northwest, northeast, southeast, southwest, it's just a short drive and you can see some gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous colors. So get out and enjoy. And right now I'm just going to take one call and then I'm going to go to Cass Smythe. She's joined me. We're going to chat about a few things. I'm just gonna just gonna take Sandy real quick, and then Kath and I will have a good chat. Um, good morning, Sandy. Good morning. Huh. I, I my mom wanted me to call you. You might know Marie, but um, so I cut down a spruce tree quite a bit. Okay. Like I was we have a rental, and I was helping her prune it, and I didn't. I don't know anything about it, so okay. it looks quite sad. I could send you a picture, but. Will it, it grow back is the question. No, they don't be... really grow back per oh. se. It depends what you did. Uh, maybe uh. send me a picture and uh, you can just send it to the same number and I'll respond to it. 
You can just if you could text me a picture to that or email or whatever works. Yeah, so I can text it to this number. Yeah, same number four zero three nine seven four eight two five five, and I'll see the picture. Great. Okay, thanks. Yes, brewsters, if you take them back too much, like they uh, they will grow back, but it's it, it's uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Call Narbrus <Okay>. next time. <laughs> okay, thanks a lot. Right, bye, Sandy. Bye, bye. All right, and I'm going to go down to Cass Mike from the Cowie Hort Society. Good morning, Kath. Good morning. How are you doing today? I'm pretty good, I think. <laughs> Isn't it gorgeous out there? Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. I've been out, outside already, digging around in my garden, except me and the sparrows are going to have a conversation about my lettuce. Oh, yeah, they like that, don't they? Oh, I think they think that the only reason I plant lettuce is so that they have a buffet in the fall. Nice. Yeah. Actually, I pulled out I had eucalyptus I used in my planters this year, just as sort of a trailing on the side sort of accent. Yes. So I pulled them all out yesterday, and I put them into a pot and planted them to, I'm going to use them as an indoor plant for the for the winter. I'll see how that goes. So. Oh, that's a good thing. I yeah. like that idea. And they have such a great fragrance. Yeah, and I got to do that. I had a bougainvillea downstairs in one of my pots. I got to pull that out today, so. Ah, he's going to be busy. Yeah, a little bit. Nothing crazy. Just, uh, yeah. just a couple little things. and. Uh, yeah. Well, and- I started pulling up my tomatoes last week because I thought, oh, my goodness, it's supposed to be only two tonight. And I- then it tricked me. Yeah, I know it's, uh, I was still, I'm still eating tomatoes. My plant doesn't look good. The, the foliage has oh, yeah. has turned quite not great looking, but man, it's still spitting out the fruit and yeah. everything's ripening and it, yeah. it's phenomenal. So Well, I keep looking on, the, I was looking on my plants and I had <laughs> so much on there. I think I sent you pictures and I just couldn't believe it. And then I couldn't yeah. bring myself to pull a couple out. I got, um. One of my favorites is to grow is tomachio. Yeah. And I just love it. And it's still producing its little... Yeah, I see that. You got all kinds of green and red. Yeah. So that's kind of... I get a lot of questions asking, okay, so what do we do with the fruit? Well... Yeah. So how do people... we, We grow all this stuff and... A lot of people overgrow, and there's always yeah. those memes on the gardening pages where people joke about <laughs> out zucchini <laughs> and whatever, right? Squash to people. Well, my mom used to invite people to dinner and then hang a bag of zucchini on their window, on their wing mirror. Yeah, so. Off, uh, yeah, yeah, you take it home. And, <laughs> but 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 you do, and like say, so you have a whole bunch of green tomatoes on your on your tomatoes. So what what are you going to do with those? Like what what's what's the best thing? Well, my best thing with them is that I will bring them in and ripen. A few. I'll ripen, well, quite a few, actually. But I make um, green tomato relish. Oh, okay. So... And it's really good. And I found the recipe on that uh, website, the Atco Blue Flame Kitchen. I found it on there. Oh, okay. And it's a good one. And I've been doing that a couple of years now. And then the rest, I like to keep them in the basement, laid out in trays in one layer. And they slowly ripen. And quite often, I'm eating fresh red tomatoes into December because I've just put them down in the cool basement. Okay, so and do you, like I've seen things, I remember people used to wrap them in tomato or newspaper or... I used to get into all that labor. And then I started just putting a sheet of newspaper over top of them and that's worked the best as long as you space them a little bit. Okay. So I do that and then if you get watching at the grocery store and they're putting those apple boxes 
away or throwing them away. Yeah. And in between are all the, the apples in the boxes are these layers of cardboards with yeah. indentations. And I try to score four or five every year just to put tomatoes on. And, and sometimes I, I get lucky and have a few extra things and I space them out with that. It makes a great breathing room and gives them a really good way to keep them. Okay, and so what about um, carrots and and things like that, the root crops? How, what's the best way to store those for people? They like a bit of humidity. You know how, how dry our houses are. And, <laughs> yeah, and so really and truly, it's a question of finding a space on a cool floor in the basement, in the on cement if you can. Away, don't put it near the hot water heater or any of that. But I like to take and put them in cardboard again because it helps the moisture. Or my grandpa stored his carrots in boxes in layers in sand, in damp sand. Okay. And they kept like, oh, we ate fresh carrots all winter. Yeah, I've heard that was, one before. So just sort of like fill a, a bot or a pail with sand or something, yes. moisten yeah, and, it a and bit. Use, use play sand. Don't go to the garden center or to wherever and buy builder sand because it's got a bit of lime in it. Yeah. But if you can get the play sand, it's got a... Yeah, we can't get that sand anymore. Basically, all we get is play sand that we, we oh, saw. Oh, well, that's good because it's got the extra large pores and it holds more moisture and it's naturally wet so it, it's a good one okay. to use okay perfect perfect so what about potatoes you can't do that either no the- you can't put them into sand but they do they they benefit from being in a bucket next to the carrots which have a little extra humidity because of the play sand and that's really good the only the only proviso i make on all of this is do not put your your uh, apples in with them yeah, the apples off gas. They they get that ethylene gas, and they will cause everything to ripen all at once. So yeah, I remember that with uh, when the flower shop too. Like yeah. you, you, with if you did a fruit basket, you never put that in the oh, no. in the flower cooler. It My just... old boss, you would lose her mind. She she in fact, if we put our lunches in the in the uh, cooler, she would go check all our lunches to make sure there were no apples. No, absolutely. <laughs> so and I did a bit of research on on potato scab. Yeah, and, and 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 we talk about compost and different yeah. things, but I I think maybe one of the best solutions is if you do that shake and bake um, thing when you when you when you're about to put your seed potatoes in, even use that aluminum sulfate or or yeah. sulfur. Sulfur is the best thing, and you know what? Dig a little bit in this yeah. year, right now, this yeah. fall. And uh, I just put them into a bag, like a Ziploc bag. Put some of the the sulfur or or aluminum sulfate in there. And well, just shake I, them around like shake and bake, so the yeah. so the seed potato is covered a bit, yes. and then plant them at that time. But again, mix it into the soil because yeah, if your pH the, is too high, that's causing that's causing mostly, it mostly. The, yeah. that and and the manure thing. Don't do the manure thing. You don't add that. Yeah, it's just too much. It's too much. It changes the pH too much, and then animal feces, if you will, contain the bacteria that causes the scab. So you want to stay on top of that. Yeah, so you want your pH between 5.0 and 5.5 for <laughs> potatoes. So mm-hmm. Yes, and, and, and rotating your crop. And I yep. think the thing that I like is, you know that shaker thing that you buy your fungicide, the sulfur in? Yep. It's a small container. It, it's a large, it makes a large amount, and you just read the part that where it says sh- alter your pH. Yeah. And it works like a darn. 
So perfect. So we get a lot of questions that, so I got to remember that. Um, and the, the pH test, you can get lots of pH soil tests at most garden centers and things like that. I know we have them if, yeah, if you do want to test. Yeah, and the thing that you have to remember to do, though, with our water is you've got to alter our water so that the pH is neutral. Yeah. So it needs to be at 7.5, and, and water here usually tests around the 8. Okay. So you just take a liter of water and put a cc of lemon juice in the water, give it a good stir, and that changes the pH to neutral so that when you read those test kits, they're Accurate. naturally balanced already. Yeah, okay. Works like a darn. Perfect. Perfect. I like so, those. So I like those soil test kits for seven ninety nine, nine ninety nine. Yeah, they're you, good. You get better than a lab result because you can actually read the chart. Okay, and uh, since we have you here, is there anything going on at the Hort Society? Well, we've got a class on Thursday called Starting Native Seeds. Okay, and it should be really interesting. It's the gal from Alberta Wildflowers. And we've got bringing it all inside with Janet. She's how to care for your tender plants. I think you were talking about your, your uh, yeah, bringing eucalyptus. your canna lily in and yeah. et cetera. And I'm having tea on Facebook on Tuesday the 13th. Nice. And I answer questions. And then Elaine Rood is doing plan, planning your garden renovation. And getting it laid out for getting it renovated for next year and giving it a plan. So I think that would be one that would be really interesting. Okay. And uh, a lot of questions regarding cleaning up. I'm an advocate of I'm a procrastinating gardener in the fall. Yes. I like to leave um, a lot of the foliage to die back. Um, and I know I, I see a few people out gardening and they're cutting their Carl Foresters down no, or they're no, cutting no. everything. <laughs> I, I know, and they look so nice. I don't know why people would cut those down in the fall. Like, they just look gorgeous over the winter. Oh, they, they and they collect <coughs> snow. They're so valuable for moisture. It, it, and what it is, it, we, we, and honestly, so now we go into, we got November, December, January, February, March, April, May. Like we have seven months where we don't have anything. So if you can leave any of those winter interests, like, leave them in your yard. Like, we don't live in Victoria. We don't live in England. And no. And unfortunately, that's where a lot of our information comes from yes. when people are reading what to do. Yes. And uh, it's Calgary's different. So that's why you join in the Hort Society, listen to the show. You get to learn some local uh, local knowledge. Leave it, leave it, stand tall a little bit, um, clean it up just slightly. But that gives you an interesting texture to look out at. It gives you a landmark to look out in the garden when you're standing there with the seed catalog. Hey, hey Kath, I'm just going to put you on hold, and we'll finish up after the break. All right. we got a few more little topics, and we'll, sure. we'll touch base. I'll just put you on hold. Sure. And uh, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Cowboys Full Service Garden Center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And pruning, we can start pruning elm trees again now as uh, October till April is elm pruning time. We can't prune them during the summer. But we're just going to finish up with Cass Smythe and then we'll hit the other phone calls and the text as well. Uh, welcome back, Kath. Thank you. And uh, so we were talking about that, and, and what about watering? Oh, please water. 
It's so dry. I was out doing some work yesterday and planting some more bulbs, and I was thinking how dry it still is under some parts of the garden. And, it, you know, you don't have to take the sprinkler out and put it on high. You just put it down, put it low, put it slow, put it around your tree roots. Don't put it right up at the trunk. Yeah, especially the big, big trees. I just had a text here. It says, my trees are last to leaf in the spring and the last to lose their leaves. Do you know why? Um, but these these are big big elms and and some mountain ash and yeah. um they're just miss like they need some more love and they need the deep deep watering yeah. um especially as in the urban centers as they grow there's just there's only lack of soil you're dealing with roads and sidewalks and whatever else yeah and a house gets in the way and. But you gotta water them. Yeah, especially when they get big, like those big trees. They, it takes a lot of water to foliate those big trees. So sixty liters for sixty feet. Wow. Yeah. So thinking that way, you've got to, you know, and that's not once a year. You've got to go out there and do that at least three times a year so that you can get them. And it's important in the beginning of the year because that's when they're foliating, and then right now, so when they go to bed. There, there, there's some moisture in the ground, so when they do go in the springtime, there's something there for them, and it helps keep the ground frozen over the winter time, so they don't get uh, that winter desiccation. So yeah, well, they have to get some storage going so that next spring we're not hearing about all the dead parts of your tree. Well, it's it's you know? it's looking good right now. All the yeah. trees are being able to download everything right now, which is awesome. And so we're I'm hoping that we'll see a lot less of that next spring. Oh, me too. I felt uh, so bad for some of the trees that I had to look at. Oh. Well, this year it's yeah, it was hard on a lot of stuff, but it's uh, this fall is uh, this well, is a true fall, so it's gorgeous. And it, yeah, oh, this has been a beautiful fall. Did you see the harvest moon rise? Yeah. Oh my goodness, it was beautiful. No, last two nights, uh, actually, Jaden and I went. We were cruising around last night. Um, yesterday we went for a drive and just to see the fall colors, we did the, like I said, the Turner Valley, Black Diamond, Bright Creek, sort of a little circuit out there and then came back on the new ring road. Oh, Um, that's that's an exciting adventure. Yeah. It was awesome. It was just so gorgeous. Like it's just, uh, yeah, lots of fun and, uh, the weather's great. So get out and enjoy it because, uh. That her eight months of winter are coming around the corner. No, coming around the corner we're, when she we're comes. We're going to enjoy it anyway because we've got lots of planning to do. Absolutely, yep. And that's uh, a benefit of COVID. You get to garden lots and you can avoid people. And uh, you can just say, "Hey, I'm garden. Stay your distance." So, I, uh, yeah. And I'm I'm planning <laughs> and I'm working on this. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, thanks, Kath. Thank you. All right, and that's Cass Smythe from the Calgary Hort Society, and you can find everything out at calhort.org. All right, thanks, Kath. All right, I'm going to read a couple more texts, and then after the break, I'm going to go to the phone lines. I'm getting some great pictures in, and if you want to send anything, it's the same number, 403-974-8255. I got a picture here. It says, all summer, our lawn had white dust on the grass, and it's causing the lawn look poorly and not grow. We have lawn fertilizer program added and added compost this summer. Seems to be spreading. It looks like a mold. Yeah, it does. You could have that cinch bug in there is sort of what it's looking. I'm not too sure what program you have on there, but you need some more roots. So I would definitely recommend um, switching over to our Green It Up Lawn Fertilizer. Um, you need to get your roots thick. It looks like you just, there's no root system growing there. So it needs a really good dethatching, fertilize with our Green It Up Lawn Fertilizer. 
and it has the high middle number. So that will really get it going next spring because it's, it's just looking just really poor. And we do have a cinch bug control, um, these nematodes that you can use. But if you just get it healthy, it'll make a big, big difference in your lawn. And here we go. Good morning, Merle. Um, as fall brings yesterday morning on a walk with my Bichon, just down from the barn in Shaughnessy. Oh, gorgeous big buck. And that's the other thing. Right now we got to start protecting our trees and that in the wintertime. So Bobex um, on a lot of your trees. If you live in an area like this where Shaughnessy, like this is a one, two, three, four, five-point buck in the front yard of this yard in Shaughnessy. Um, and we all want to see them, but we just don't want the damage. So what you need to do is uh, spray them with Bobex. And you usually do it once a month, which isn't bad. And then that will help protect them a ton. So look at doing that as well. And we'll talk about a couple other things after the break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Mainly sunny and 15 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 9.30. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. RCMP will work to ensure they can keep the peace in Red Deer today as two demonstrations are planned. Last month, violence erupted at an anti-racism rally. Red Deer's mayor says the city will not tolerate violence or racism. Both Calgary and Edmonton remand centres are facing outbreaks of COVID-19. At the Calgary Centre, there are five confirmed cases. On Edmonton, seven contract workers have tested positive for the virus. Quebecers living in the province's COVID-19 red alert zones could face more restrictions as of tomorrow. Case counts in the province have topped 1,000 for two days running. And daily COVID-19 numbers are also rising sharply in Ontario. Global News Sky Tracker weather, a chance of showers today, a high of 21, clearing overnight, a low of 7, mainly sunny tomorrow, a high of 22. It's 15 degrees, breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 10. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm going to go right to the phone lines. We're going to chat with Al. Good morning, Al. Good morning, Merle. How can I help you? Two things just before I get to my questions here. Uh, with regards to Cass Mice, he's uh, really quite a wealth of information. and uh, Absolutely. You, you sure can't go wrong with the Hort Society. There's so much valuable information there. It's such a good community, Al, and I'm glad you brought that up because they're always willing to share. Like Gardeners love to share their successes and... Uh, and different theories, but and and it, with with anything, it's just like a new mom and dad, though, right? Oh yeah, you get a, you get a mil, million opinions, um, and yeah. and uh, so you gotta weigh weigh it, weigh out your options, and but most of the time you're gonna get really good advice, oh. and uh, absolutely, and that's it's awesome being part of the society, and uh, I always enjoy when we get the gardeners in at the garden center, we chat about different things, and it, it's awesome. Benefits you get from it are just absolutely fantastic. Well, and you get the discounts at some of the garden centers, things like that. It's uh, and it's just the knowledge you get from them. Not not even the not even the discount. It's just the information that you uh, you can get from them on the newsletters and whatever else. It's yeah. uh, it's invaluable. The other thing that I wanted to mention, too, is that you mentioned about that highway going west of uh, Turner Valley there. We took the motorhome out on that last weekend there and right to the very end. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the scenery is just absolutely Isn't awesome it there. stunning oh, yeah. right now? Like, I oh. couldn't, I, I've always turned right 
I'm in the middle of Turner Valley and sort of headed headed uh, north that way. But oh, yeah. yesterday, last night, I went straight through, yeah. and it just takes you from. It, it's unbelievably. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Like it's un, it's stunning. Like so. Okay, questions. Yes, sir. Uh, with regards to mixing fertilizers, can I mix uh, Rage Plus uh, and uh, say fifty and thirty fifteen? No, not oh. no. It. Because um, you're working on two different, you're dealing with an organic um, fertilizer that works um, differently than um, a synthetic fertilizer. So I, I don't recommend it. I would either do one, I would do the, if you have a really unhealthy tree, I would recommend more of the Rage Plus to get the thing up and going, get your roots healthy, gets it back to life so it's able to soak up the food. Okay. And then at that point, I would switch over to a, depending on if it's a fruit tree, like a 15-30-15 or all-purpose, 20-20-20, things like that. Because um, then you're getting your trace elements and a little bit more of an actual feeding. Um, because with the Rage Plus, it's like 006. But it's a, it's a great fertilizer for getting plants to do what you want them to do. If there's good soil, it just, it feeds the soil, brings it to life. It works a little bit differently, so. Okay, the same will apply to the 30. Yeah, you don't want to mix so. them together, though. Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, so the rage plus would be good for, say, rose bushes right about now? Yeah, absolutely. Put put them to bed. That all works great for that. Um, so, f- yeah, works awesome. So Okay, uh, the other thing, too, with regards to the 30-10-10, should I apply that to my evergreens right now? It doesn't hurt right now, but I'd water them really good first, hose oh, yeah. them down, water them really good, apply the fertilizer. That way it's going to have that nitrogen and everything in there next spring, and it's going to be ready in the soil. So when all the new growth gets going, it's going to be fed right off the bat. Okay, and I also picked up the last week uh, some of the Evolve uh, tomato plant fertilizer yep. and the calcium essentials. Yep. Uh, can I mix those two together? Those you, you can mix together, um, but I would just I, I, just make sure you mix them appropriately in the same ratio because I'm not sure on the ratio on per water. Yeah, so I again, yeah, I always the, like to do them separate. Like give, give one, but I, same thing, water your tomato first, whatever plants you're fertilizing, yeah. water first, um, fertilize, and then fertilize with the second one, and then, then you're good to go. Okay, good enough for that. Okay, thank you very kindly then. All right. Thanks, okay. Al. Take Have care. a great day. Great too. Take bye-bye. care. Bye-bye. And let's go to Susan. Good morning, Susan. Good morning. Good morning, how, Mel. How can I help you? I've got two very quick questions. I have a poplar in yep. my yard. It's about 60 foot. Yeah. Um, Just a little one. Yeah. So we're considering uh, taking that out. The roots are exposed. So they're coming up through the grass. Yeah. Um, so I'm just wondering, is it a good time to take it out now? Should I wait? No, I- it's it, it, it's fine right now, or even through the winter is, is totally fine. Um, it's better doing it when everything's downloaded, down, and uh, but you're going to have some work to do next spring. So if I was to take it down now, like if I was to call Mark or whatever, I'd prune it up, and they'd come in and remove it. Um, they would do, uh, and something like that, it has a huge stump, right? So you get that ground, but then you're going to need to revitalize your lawn area. It, it, like a, a grinding the stump is not going to be suffice. Okay. Um, you're going to have to, I would recommend just do, do a bit of a backyard rehab at that time. Like mm-hmm. they even come in, rip all the roots up, rip the yard up and then replenish it with new loam, mm-hmm. resod it at that mm-hmm. point. Because uh, if you if you're starting to get it up through the through the grass, I mean that means there's roots all over the place. Yeah, there, yeah, there, there is. Yeah. Yeah. So unless 
Yeah, because otherwise you're just going to end up with problems of the suckering or we get lots of callers call in. They say, oh, I got mushrooms coming up because you'll have all those roots underneath the lawn mm-hmm. and they'll start rotting um, right. in a few years. And all of a sudden you'll start getting lots and lots of mushrooms in certain areas. So it, it's a bit of a bullet to bite at the at all one time, but it just gives you so many more years of success later on. So if you took the spruce tree down between now and, and wintertime mm-hmm. um, and then next spring... Get a bobcat in and uh, or a small machine, rip up all the lawn, rip up all the roots, mm-hmm. add some nice new loam, resod, make your new flower beds, do whatever you're doing at that point, mm-hmm. and just a bit of a fresh start. So take out, so t- take out the, if, I, if we were going to consider it, take out the tree. We could take it out now if we wanted to. Yep. And then um, in the spring, t- so would, would we grind the roots? Then, or would we wait until the spring to grind? Yeah, you could just wait till spring, or if you're just doing the full, if you if you're going to revitalize the whole yard, mm-hmm. um, the, a lot of times the machine can dig it out. Depends how big a like that thing's going to be a big stump, though. Oh, like, yeah, it's huge. Yeah. So it's just so you can imagine, like even the bobcat are going to have a hard time ripping that out. So you're going to a big stump grind is best. And then the bobcat can come in and and uh, and revitalize the yard, rip everything up, rip all the roots up, mm-hmm. and just start fresh. Put new loam and new sod, create your new beds at the same time. Yeah. And then you're just then you have years. If you don't do it, you're gonna be calling somebody in three to five years. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have roots everywhere. You're gonna be frustrated for the next three years. And you're gonna ah, why didn't I just do it right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I know it. It gives us so much shade in the yard. Yeah. But it's um it's just becoming. It's becoming quite invasive now. The roots are coming close to the house. Well, I think that it's very close to the house. They're just becoming exposed now so we can see it. But yeah. there are just leaves everywhere. I think we're the last poplar in our neighborhood of that That. Definitely and that that, that will happen, right? Because they get as they get bigger and bigger. Like I said, they this they use up all the soil, so they start sending up the roots and mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah. so if we do so if I if if I get it taken down by an arborist and then I leave the stump. The people, just, that, the people that come to landscape it, they can remove the stump. I yeah, you to... could do a grinding too at that time. We've done lots of that. Like, mm-hmm. um, if, like I said, if Mark at Prune It Up removes it and they want to do landscape at some time, he'll pass that over to Shane and right. then they'll arrange it. But depending on the size of it, and, and Mark can have a look at it when he assesses the ju- situation. Mm-hmm. It still might be worth doing a grind because it's going to be, if it's as big as I'm thinking, even a bobcat can't just pop those out of the ground, right? Mm. That's going to be a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. But can you do that in the winter, in the snow? No, it's frozen. You could cut it down in the winter, but we can't dig and and the ground will be frozen. So you could, but it'd be real expensive and just... Yeah, yeah. No, okay, okay, that's yeah. fine. It's um, just something to plan, do your plan over yeah. the winter time, and then next spring, like yeah. I said, take the tree down over the winter, get your plan together, and uh, like I said, we're, uh, that's sort of a, we love when people do that with us over the winter time, because we have a lot more time to, to design. It's really hard, we'll get a call in, in August, and we have to do a design and plan, and mm-hmm. it's, it's hard because it's our busiest time. Mm-hmm. So over the winter, you uh, we have a lot of time to plan, so... But if you take it down, uh, if you take it out when this, um, uh, when it's downloading its energy effectively, you, that's not kind of a prime time for the suckers to come back up. Well, you're going to get suckers like crazy off a tree like that, no matter when you do it. So okay. mm-hmm. it's okay. so it's just a good time to get rid of it. That way you can get planning, and uh, and then next spring you're you're good to go. Okay. Oh. 
And then my very last question on the poplar, if we because we will want to plant over that area to create some a screen because it yep. gives us a lot of privacy as well. So um, will we? It will be okay to plant over that area. Absolutely, because you're yeah, going to okay. be re- re- removing all the roots. We're putting new loam in there. Yeah. Yep. No, you can start fresh with proper trees. Give you a nice shade. They say get a nice design together, mm-hmm. and. Uh, yeah, get the proper plants in there. You'll be awesome. Yeah, okay. That's yeah. great. Well, thank you for your help. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Bye-bye. 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 All right. I need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I got a text from Colin. He's asking, should I, what can I recommend to mulch over his perennials and stuff like that? He has some hostas and different things. I like to use a soil amendment at this time, like either a cocoa moss works really good, uh, three-in-one soil, the sea soil works really good. Um, just just push up, but let all those just die back on upon themselves. Um, add some of the soil amendments um, to your soil, mulch up to the tight to the plants, and then just leave them, and then water them in well, obviously, and then just leave them. But then next spring, you're going to have that amendment ready to go into your soil, and you just uh, work it in, and then you've amended your soil. Um, we have some really good stuff, um, the Green It Up Soil Enhancer as well. It works awesome as a uh, as a top dressing and soil amendment, and you mix it in. works great. So now is the time to do that. I'm not a, I know you see a lot of people asking for straw and stuff. I'm not a, a fan of it, I guess, for, for, for mulching and stuff. I just find it more of a pain because you have a... Just a mess to clean up. So I, I, I prefer to um, use the mulches and different things, the soil amendments. But if you're spending your money and your time, um, you have something. And if you let Mother Nature help you out with, uh, I've blown the leaves in there off the lawn. And cover them up a bit and uh, you should be fine on, uh, on doing it that way. Let's go to Pauline. Good morning, Pauline. Good morning. How are you today? Oh, I'm fine. Good, good. How can I help you? I have a problem here with an orchid. I got it when I was going through um, cancer about six years ago, and I want to keep it. Of course. Yeah. Well, I saw something on on the the TV as as to how to look after it. Okay. And I guess I gave it too much loving, and now I'm having a little trouble. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we tend to do that, I, Pauline. We we love things to death sometimes. I took it out <laughs> of the pot, yeah. and I I got to know the, the name of some of the things that you're supposed to do with an orchid, and I was cleaning up the moss. Is that what you call it? Yep. Okay. And I... Since then, um, it's turning yellow leaves and things like that. So what? What am I doing? Too much okay. loving? Yeah. Do you? So what did you put back in the pot? Just moss, or do you, did you, did you add soil or bark? I have I have soil a little bit and some moss. Okay. You probably keep it. My moss? guess is you're keeping it too wet. I would use orchid bark, like the orchid soil. Uh-huh. So what I would do is go down to the garden center. And buy a bag of the orchid soil. Okay. And I would pop that out of the out of the pot, and just leave it out for a little bit. Let just let it dry out for a couple hours. Okay. And then and then put it back into like put some orchid bark on the bottom. Put your orchid in there and put the bark all around it, and then just leave it for a day or so. And 
I'm not too sure something's beeping in here. Um, um and 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 then water it tomorrow or the next day or a couple of days after you after you do that. Uh, just let it air out. So what that does is it, orchids are used to growing on on branches of trees and things like that, and they do much better when they're they're left in in a in an orchid bark mix rather than the moss and soil. It just oh. it, it suffocates them. Okay, my my um, leaves are what you call the leaves now. I, I was writing down something, but um, they're growing, but they're too long for the pot as well. Yeah, so so you maybe at this point, maybe you need a new pot as well. Like, like I know a lot of gardens, I know we have some really nice bigger orchid pots. So if you have the big leaves hanging over, and orchid leaves are big, they usually hang over most pots, so that's somewhat normal. But if it's a little four-inch one, um, most orchids, if you're going to repot them, I'd go into a six or an eight-inch pot. Okay. That way it has room to grow. It'll be nice and happy at that time, and uh, and you should be good. Okay. Well, I'll try all of this. Yeah, and, and when you're at the I'll... garden center, whether it's down at Spruce It Up or somewhere else, I'm talk to one of the people there. Like, I know um, the gals, we got Jessica and uh, Jen and uh, and them in the in the greenhouse, and they love helping you out. So if you're in there, chat with them. Um, they'd be more than happy to give you some tips on uh, getting your orchid looking good. How, how often should I water? Um, every couple of weeks, like this, because you water it right through. Some people, if you don't water too much, I know some people use the ice cube, but they put three, two or three ice cubes in the top of it oh. once a week, uh-huh. and then it just let it melt through it, and oh. and that works. Make sure it gets good light though. They like a yes, fair bit it, of light? It, it's right by a window. Yes. Perfect. Yeah, not too close, though. Don't keep it right in the window, like a couple feet away. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I, I brought it back because it, it gives off a lot of heat. Yeah, so keep it back from the window. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Pauline. Good luck. Yes, thanks. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. And uh, I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me, my throat. Uh, uh, how much longer should we keep fertilizing both our evergreens and deciduous trees? Um, it really depends on how much you've been fertilizing throughout the whole summer. If you haven't done any, you can definitely give it one more time, give it a good shot of water, fertilize it. But if you've been fertilizing all the way through the whole season, if you, if you did one in September, I would just say, hey, you're fine. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do any more at this point. Um, but if you haven't done any and you're looking to do your fall fertilizer, you're fine right now. Um, this is a great time. The tree's downloading, get the energy in there for the fall. And then that way it's there first thing in the spring. Um, that's perfect. It, it would be great. And let's go to the phone lines. We're going to go to Paul. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, Merle. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? Good. Uh, we know you talked about this in the cup in the past, but we had a we have a small honey apple crisp. Yep. We thought it died, but we waited, and it finally came out uh, later this like near the beginning of the summer. Uh, but the leaves and branches are just sprouted from the near the trunk. Yep. So we were wondering if we wait till it goes dormant and trim those like cuttings, absolutely. Will they will the tree next spring come up? like higher up again potentially um it will but those are just water spouts so those should be taken out because it takes up a lot of energy on the apple and if you get some of the branches that are shooting straight up i always like to 
prune them. Um, and, but just look at where you prune them to make sure one of the, where, if you're pruning just above uh, one of the nodes, that which way it's pointing. Oh, okay. So that way you try and get it going a little bit more horizontal, not so vertical on the apple, so it's a little easier to harvest and, and they grow well that way. Okay, so we don't need to actually worry about cutting right down to the brand, to the to trunk level. We just trim them back. Oh, if they're back. right in the middle, I, I take them back to the trunk myself because oh. I don't like it getting too much in the middle because then yeah. you end up with tons of crisscrossing branches and, and yeah. things like that. And on apples, the less wounds you have, um, you're not opening it up for things. So Yeah, because our concern was basically these are branches that are really much lower than the ones that from last year. Like We didn't actually get any growth at all above, like well, let's say, about uh, probably about six inches. So, uh, okay, so if I cut them back, turn them back then, and then uh, hopefully you'll have big more growth up higher up than uh, next year, next spring. Absolutely. Give it a good shot of fertilizer right now, 153015 for your apples, and uh, hopefully that will help out for sure. Okay, great. Thanks a lot. Appreciate All right. it. Thanks, Paul. Have a good day. Okay. You too. Bye-bye. All right, I'm going to go to Jim. Good morning, Jim. Yeah, good morning. How can uh, I help you? Yeah, we have a humongous spruce, I guess, and what's happening, I could see within... It's probably about thirty feet high. Yep. Within within the whole foliage, you can see dead branches. And what's happening now is that a lot of the needles in certain areas are really going brown, like they're falling. Yeah, on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. Quite a bit of it. Yeah, that's that's pretty normal right now at this time. You have seen tons of it. Oh, okay. Um, it looks awful for a couple of weeks. Um, so just ensure that you're giving that nice water. Give give it a good, really good soaking. Spray yeah. up as high as you can just to help knock some of the dust off and things like that. Okay. Um, those those needles will all be gone in a couple of weeks, and you won't even you won't even remember what happened. So okay, I thought it's drying out, but we've had yeah, it's just that bright yellow, right? And it, it's very alarming. Yeah. And I, I do get a lot of calls when it when it first happens because they go that yellow, and that's all the coniferous trees go through a natural shedding process. Oh, okay. And if it's in the middle, I'm not worried about it. It's just if I see it on the tips and the ends, then I get more concerned. Yeah, there is some of that as well. So okay. I'm not quite sure what that so is. I would just make sure you give it a really good fertilizer, or, I mean, really good watering. Okay. Like this, this soak, to get one of those soaker hoses and just make sure you yeah. give it a really good around the drip line. And then yeah. you can give it a shot of 30, 10, 10. And, and if it is a big older one, and if you've never had a, a spruce clean out, I know after... Our pruned up guys have gone through a spruce tree that they crawl up through the middle of it oh, all the yeah. way to the top and they remove all that dead. It's yeah. so amazing how good it looks after. Like it just, yeah. and it, it, that should be done every five, 10 years or something like that. So it's not something you need to do every year. But if it, if, if it hasn't been done, I would recommend uh, give Mark and them a call. Like it just, it's amazing what it does. We get, we do quite a few in like in the older areas where you have those big 50 foot yeah. spruce. And yeah, exactly. No, would that be? In the fall or spring, or they can do that all the way through the winter time, depending on the snow oh. cover and stuff. Um, so yeah, okay. I, I, okay. it's nice to do it before spring because then that way it's opened it up. So when the new growth comes, it's all ready to go, it's not wasting any energy, it's just going, yeah, no, excellent. Okay, well, thank you. And what was the fertilizer again? 301010. 301010. Okay, yep. great. Thank you much. All right, excellent. take care. Bye bye. Goodbye. All right, I need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Partly cloudy and 16 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Ryan O'Donnell.
The president's physician says President Donald Trump was treated with a steroid after a drop in oxygen levels on Saturday. Dr. Sean Connolly said at a news conference just moments ago he was given the steroid dexamethasone while he was hospitalized at Walter Reed National Military Medical Center. Connolly says the president's oxygen levels had dropped down to 93% on Saturday. He says the president did not feel short of breath. He says the president's medical team is hoping Trump could be discharged from the hospital as early as tomorrow. A fire forced workers to evacuate from a Calgary bakery this morning. The Calgary Fire Department got the call at 7.30 and responded to the large bakery in the 4,000 block of 80th Ave Southeast. Firefighters were met with smoke coming from the roof, but they were able to quickly extinguish the blaze, which was found in the hood vent of a large commercial oven. CFD says 10 workers who were inside the building at the time were able to self-evacuate, and there were no injuries. The investigation is underway. There are renewed calls for the city of Calgary to lower residential speed limits to 40 kilometers per hour after a two-year-old boy was hit by a truck Friday. This comes just days after the city's transportation committee recommended the residential speed limit reduction to be lowered to 40 kilometers an hour. But the committee's chair, Ward 6 Councillor Jeff Davison, isn't convinced council will make the change. We go back about a year ago when we started looking at 40. Uh, the original option was 30, and it wasn't overly palatable with most Calgarians. 40 was. That's where we are today, and all of a sudden now the conversation has flipped to say, we're not sure that we want that anymore. The boy was rushed to hospital in serious condition, and the collision is being investigated. The Calgary and Edmonton Remand Centres are facing outbreaks of COVID-19. At the Calgary Centre, there are five confirmed cases in four inmates and one contract worker, while in Edmonton, seven contract workers have all tested positive for the virus. It appears the virus was contracted within the community, and it does not appear that there was in-facility transmission. The Bomber Command Museum of Canada in Nanton is commemorating the 60th anniversary of the purchase of its very first aircraft before the museum even existed. Global's Courtney Davidson has more on the World War II Lancaster bomber that inspired the museum. George White, Fred Garrett and Howie Armstrong bought a second World War Lancaster from an airport in Vulcan approximately 40 kilometers away for $513 in 1960. The three Nanton businessmen then enlisted the help of towing equipment and several groups of men to transport the plane back to their hometown. Following a taxing journey through the southern Alberta prairies, the plane was placed at the side of Highway 2. However, the three realized that the elements and vandalism could take a toll on the plane and decided to expand the single memorial piece into a full museum over the next few decades. First, a fence was built and then a single building. Now, it stands much larger. Today, the one-of-a-kind museum housing more than around 16 historical aircrafts is complete with a restoration shop that continues to service projects. Natton is located approximately 90 kilometers south of Calgary. Courtney Davidson, Global News. A birthday parade was held in Red Deer yesterday, honoring one of Alberta's last surviving Second World War veterans. Reservists and first responders surprised Tommy Baker at his home on Saturday, where he was celebrating his 97th birthday. Sandy Baker says she and her father were overwhelmed by the tribute and that she hopes others can learn from the example of veterans like her dad, who sacrificed so much. The gentlemen from World War II and the young men that are involved in the war today, 
they write a blank check right up to including the cost of their lives. After training in Calgary and the 18-year-old Baker was shipped overseas to join the war in Europe in 1941. In sports, the Miami Heat need a win tonight to avoid a 3 to nothing deficit against the Los Angeles Lakers in the NBA Finals. The Lakers have beaten the, Hicks, the Heat in six straight games against them, including the first two of the best-of-seven championship series. Global News Sky Tracker weather, increasing cloudiness near noon today. There is a 30% shower, chance of showers late this afternoon, a high of 21. Partly cloudy tonight, clearing overnight for a low of plus 7, mainly sunny and 22 tomorrow. It's 16 degrees at 10.05. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update at 10.30. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm going to go right to the phone lines. We're going to go to Anna with the canna lilies. Yes. Uh, oh, good morning, Merle. Um, I, I've been... Um, I'm about to take them, take the biggest plant downstairs, and I wondered if that's what you do to to winter it over. Or? Are you? Are, did you get frost on it? No. Okay. Yeah, mine got a little bit of frost, so um, they they do need to go dormant, or the better. So I would just leave it out for the first frost. Okay. And and just let it let it do its thing, and then after it gets that, just then you just cut off all the foliage, take it out of the soil, and just knock it off, and let it dry for a couple of days, three or four days. Uh huh. And then stick it into a, a cardboard box or some sort of an old cooler, like a styrofoam cooler, uh-huh. or some somewhere just it can stay dry and cool, and then just store it over the winter time. Um, but, no soil in that box. You can you can put as long as it's dry. dry. Like yeah, dry soil is fine because it's a very peat. Make sure it's the peat based soil, like the soilless mixes, not not garden soil. Uh huh. Yeah, and then just just leave it um, leave it till um, sort of March. Uh huh. And then you can bring it out, clean it up, remove any of the the rotten or whatever stuff, and then replant it at that time. And I'd go into like at least a two or a five gallon pot. And then, then that way you get a really nice plant going by spring. You'll be able to plant that up and, and go from there. Oh, that's great. And I have one more question. Yep. I wondered um, if we have these, I think I've talked with you about the uh, Hermstead cedar. It's, yep. it's, um, we sort of babied it along and lost some of the trees. But uh, all, all summer I have used... Um, Rage plus and fertilizer alternately, kind of, and and some of the, some of the tr- trees were uh, saved. I just wonder how long in the fall I can keep this up, or just stop. Yeah, I it. would I would stop now. Like if you've been stop. doing it all summer, I'm um, just ensure that you you water it well. I'm seeing a lot. I just I've had a couple texts too. One from a gentleman. He sent in a, a picture of their cedars. The cedars are going through this needle shed right now. Uh-huh. We've had two hard years where we've had this really dry falls, yes. not enough water. So it's it's hard on those evergreens, and some of these ones are not natural to our area. They're not native here, like cedars. You don't see growing here, uh-huh. so so we have to add a little extra to them, right? We need to fertilize them a little more, water them a little bit more, give them a little shelter location. Um, but we are seeing the needle shed on them this year, like we haven't seen before as well. Like with a lot of our, our evergreens that we're seeing right now. It's uh-huh. it's just, but it's a natural when it's on the inside like that. It's a pretty natural thing. Oh well, that's good to know. Yeah. Um, I, I, 
oh, how about a hydrangea? I've got a pretty healthy-looking hydrangea in a pot. I can't winter that over, can I? What, what, do you know what type it is? Is it the pink or blue one? or? Well, it seems to have a variety of color on it. It's, it's, I would say it's kind of lime green to, um, to purple, you know. Okay. Um, did you buy it um, at a garden center or at a grocery store? A garden center. Okay, I would. Um, that can be planted outside. It sounds like it might be a. If it has the purple right now, it sounds like it's a quick fire. Oh, really? Yeah, or a limelight. Those are hardy here. Like those grow great here. Yeah, these these are kind of uh, rose on the top of the yeah. little stem, and then it goes to green. Yeah, it sounds like it, if it sounds like if it's a quick fire, if you don't know the name of it. No, all good, good. Yeah, plant that outside. Plant it out right now, and it should be fine. Oh, that's great. All right. Thanks so much. Thanks, Rob. Anna. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, where am I at for time? I got some more time. I'm going to go to Gabriel. Good, good morning, Gabriel. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Um, I have a quick question. Um, I have a friend of mine who has uh, hollyhocks that are about 50 years old. Nice. Yeah, they're actually really beautiful. But this year, um, she has, they were all rusty. The leaves became very rusty. Yeah. And when I went to check, um, when I went to clean them up, there was a lot of debris from the fall, like leaves and stuff. So the ground was really moist. Yeah. And uh, there was just a lot uh, of... Um, and that's what that is. If it, if it, they do, because they have the kind of the hairy leaves... Yeah. So if they if they get that, and when they when they come out, we did have a bit of a wetter um, spring, early summer, right? Yeah. yeah. And that's when some of that fungus and rust will will start. So okay. so just when these die back, just just do a really good fall cleanup, um, clean out a bunch of that, um, and then even next spring you can treat it with like with a, a Bordeaux, like a sulfur spray or something like that. Um, okay. Will definitely help. So the question I actually had was uh, everything I read online said to uh, if there's any rust like on the stalks like I'm looking at one of them right now and it does have the rust on it that you actually there's no way to save them it said and that you have to cut them back and uh, so what I started doing about two weeks ago was harvesting the seeds yep um, and thinking should I dig all of this up and then put fresh soil to make sure there's no yeah, spores and that's the, yeah you can't really save the ones that are there but next year like. Um, they should be fine. Like I said, if you, like I was saying, do a really good fall cleanup, get rid of that, treat the soil, and then just when the plants come up next spring, treat them again with that copper sulfate. Okay. And should I be putting mulch around them? Um, I, You can put some leaves, soil amendment. Absolutely. It won't hurt it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Like just to keep the spores from, from yep. kind of... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it just okay. it outwinters them. Typically, I'd like to just leave those and let them die back. But again, yeah. just with um, with if they're infected like that, it's best to do a good cleanup. Okay. And and what's the sulfur stuff? It's just copper sulfate. It's either there's a couple brand ones called Bordeaux, or okay. just this if you ask for copper sulfate, um, you'll see it okay. in, at and most I can garden pick centers. That up at your place, right? Absolutely. And you guys still have neem oil in stock? No, it's something they took off the market oh, okay. three or four years ago. So what we have is a product called Pure Spray Green. It's it's very close to that. It works as a fungicide and an insecticide. Okay. Um, is neem- that safe to spray my outdoor plants that I can bring indoors? Absolutely. That's, it's best Perfect. for that. And I, I'm seeing lots of people talk about spraying um, their plants with dish soap and things like that. You can yeah. sometimes cause some more damage or even some of the insecticidal soap. When you use yeah. those products, you have to make sure you rinse them off really good. Otherwise, yeah. either you suffocate or it can work like a yeah, magnifying yeah. glass. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I want to make sure I'm using Pure something. Pure Spray Green works phenomenal. 
Perfect. Great. Okay. Thanks so much. Thank you. Take Have care. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Where are we at for time? We got a bit more time. Uh, I think this is going to be our first or second Amaryllis question of the year. Good morning, Laurie. Good morning. How are you today? I'm good. Awesome. Uh, so I'm wondering what to do with my amaryllis. I put it outside for the summer, okay. and I dug it up about two weeks ago. Now, I know some people put the whole pot in, uh, sink it into the ground, but did, I didn't do that. Did it, it go set. through its dormant it, period yet? Have it, have it, has it died back? And Well, it hasn't. I, I, I dug it up, and it's got on the bottom a tangle of a bunch of roots. Yep. It must be bigger than a, a baseball or a yep. softball. And so I couldn't get it in the same pot. So I put it in a bigger pot that's about seven inches diameter. And so it's it's about two weeks. I haven't watered it since. Now, it it's grew a new leaf, which is uh, the fifth leaf, and it's about um, 12 inches long now. And now, uh, yesterday, it started another new leaf. See, that's, a, see, that's what I mean. Long. So it needs to go it's, through a dormant period. So what you kind of just got to let it die back, like just don't water it, just let it just just let it go dormant. But, but I was wondering if I sh- should take the bulb up again and take all that mass of um, root that's growing on the bottom of the bulb. Should I t- be taking? You could remove some of it, but I wouldn't remove a bunch of it. it it's fine. Like if, if it's room in the pot, you put it in. It's it's fine. Okay. Yeah, it's not going to hurt. It's just more roots and stuff. So. Um, but the only thing is, but they do need to go through that dormant period. Like they need like that sort of six, eight weeks of yeah. dormant, or yeah. you could try and grow it through. Like I've, and I've heard in a different stories, like some people have said they've left it outside all summer, they've grown in, put it in a pot and then it'll bloom for them. But typically they need to bloom. And then after blooming, you usually just let them die back and then let them sit for like about 15, 16 weeks or through the summer and then you bring them out and you plant them up about this time um, and then they get growing again and then you can, uh, and then you'll have blooms and that getting into close to Christmas and things. So, Which I've done before because this is three years old this awesome. fall, but I, this is the first year I put it outside. Yeah, oh, so you probably, but which is really good for it because it probably just masked up the bulb like you were saying, it got really nice and big, which is great. So yeah, it's just that it's it's looking so healthy, and it's got these two new. I know, and it's always hard to just do. I let this thing die back now when it looks so good, right? It goes against um, <laughs> common sense, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, if you don't mind, when the time it blooms, maybe experiment. Maybe leave it in the pot, let it grow for a bit, see if it will send out a bloom, and then do the dormant thing, or just let it die back. And, uh, and, and for, and, but you got to leave it for like at least sort of four to six, eight weeks. Yeah. Um, it's so healthy right now and growing these new leaves and I want it to yeah. die back and it's growing new leaves. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see, you might get some blooms on it. Give it a try. Okay. Uh, and I've got a friend who, who has an amaryllis and hers is, um, she pulled it up and it is growing new little, um, new little bulbs on it and yeah. so she pulled those off now she just left them out in the open she didn't put it back in the earth is that should you put it back in nope. the earth or? If, if she's just gonna let it go dormant that's totally fine just let it go dormant put it in a cool dark place leave yeah, it for that eight to twelve weeks or whatever just leave it for a while and then plant it up 
Yeah, but she didn't put it back in the soil. It's just that's fine. It's just open. No, that's fine. A- just yeah, as long as it's in a cool, dark place, it can just sit. Because most of the time when we get them, they're not they're not stored in soil. They're usually stored in like real dry peat moss or cocoa moss or or shavings or something. You know, like you know when you buy a new amaryllis, it's not in soil. Like they're totally clean, so they just store them in cool, dark places. Mm-hmm. Right. All okay. right. Thank you. Good Thank luck. you. Bye-bye. Let me know. Bye bye. All right. I think I probably got one more. Actually, I'm going to take a break, and then when I get back, I'll have a little bit more time after the break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Here we go. <laughs> Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Cowboy's full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And I'm going to go to the phone lines, and we're going to chat with Jan. Good morning, Jan. Good morning, Merle. How are you? Very good. How can I help you? Uh, I was wondering, is it too late to put down your green it up fertilizer? No, on the lawn, it's a great time to to do that. You can also throw it into your flower beds if you like. Okay, and I don't have to water it? No, long, just, just make sure you're not, if you have real heavy spots, yes, but if you just put it on at the normal ratio, absolutely not. No, it's fine. It'll just sit there. It won't burn. won't do anything. Perfect. And my other question, Merle, um, can I give my mature evergreen some RX-30? Yeah, oh, you got the old RX-30. That's the 301010. Yes. So, yeah, absolutely. Make sure you water it really well first. Okay. And then you can mix some of that in water and add that to your trees for sure. And, uh, yeah, with all your trees and shrubs, hose, hose down all your evergreens, um, and, um, and especially before you fertilize anything, always give it a bit of water. Perfect. Well, thank you very much, and have a great day. You as well. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Let's go to Stan. Good morning, Stan. Good morning. How can I help you? Well, I've got a couple questions for you, but uh, the the biggest one, I've got a pretty healthy backyard, Yeah. as does my neighbor. We both have a uh, program from one of the companies that come out and do the weed control and fertilizer. But we, we seem to have lumps all over the lawn yeah it's probably those dewworms that's what i was wondering is there something does aerating help with that it does it's more deep watering too so um depending on how you water like you're better off to water um like for 20 minutes wait an hour and water another 20 minutes sort of get get the water table down deeper because what they're doing is they're just looking for a, a nicer um, spot to crawl through the soil so it must be really hard and dry down lower. So okay. if you get the water down deeper, it'll definitely help. So, I mean, just because of the hot summer, um, yeah. we haven't been doing a whole ton of watering, but is that part of it as well? Because yeah, we absolutely. Haven't watered? Yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah, okay. that draws them up. If you tend to neglect your lawn, that sort of invites other um in uh, other things into that and they and again it, they're just looking so it's a little easier for them to crawl around um but if you get the water down nice and deep um they don't need to come up because then the water's down and it's softer the soil's a little softer for them to do their thing so this time of year is that 
already in progress, or do we? Yeah, it's to- it's a great time if you want to give your your lawn because it'll help any of your trees and shrubs. So give it a really good soaking in for the winter. Um, okay. Absolutely. Is your grass pretty sparse or is it pretty thick and lush? It's a pretty thick grass. Actually. Oh, nice. It looks pretty good. Yeah. Okay. And yep. uh, same with the neighbor. He he's got a sprinkler system in there, so it. It's watered pretty good, but yeah, the sprinkler systems definitely help. Um, depending, but just don't do like five minutes a day or ten minutes a day because then you're only watering the top like half inch, inch. Okay. Um, so you got to get try and get the water down deep. Slow deep watering is better for your lawn and for your trees and shrubs, exactly. but not where it's running off down into the sewer or the gutters. Just yeah, yep. Okay, sounds good. I got another quick one. Sure. Um, I have an apple tree okay. that uh, I I tr- I pruned it or trimmed it this last spring or this past spring. Yep. And I had zero apples on it. Okay. Did that have anything to do with it? Probably. Depends how you pruned it. If you pruned off a lot of the new growth and new tips because they set buds last year. So right now they're setting buds for their blooms right now. So if if you prune off some of that stuff, you're you're not going to get the blooms in that in the springtime. Okay. Yeah. It had a lot of new growth since I turned like... Yeah, because all that energy goes to new growth, right? So... So when's the best time to to do that kind of pruning, is that now or is that... Um, you, typically in the summertime is a good time to prune out any of the apple because then you can sort of see what it's doing and then it sets bud in the fall okay. and then it goes to that. If you're doing some heavy pruning, it sounds like you went a little bit heavier. I went pretty hard, yeah. Yeah. So in that, you just got to be careful because then you're, you're, it depends if you're just shaping or whatever, you'll get a ton of those water sprouts and I was sh- yeah. talking to a caller earlier. Um, yeah. So those need to be thinned out again because you don't want all that just filling up the center of your tree. Yeah, and that's exactly what it's done. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. When I heard that, I that said that's me right there. So. <laughs> Good job. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no more doing that, Stan. Come on. E- exactly. <laughs> all right. Thanks, all right. buddy. Bye-bye. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Yeah, that's the thing. Like sometimes the the pruning um, on some of your trees, it, it's worth getting um, the advice of a of a good arborist out and uh, to help you out with any of that. If you'd like to join me, there's some spots on the phone line four zero three nine seven four eight two five five, and that is the talking text. I'm trying to get all the text, but I, honest, I'll be honest, I got lots, so um, I'm going to try and get through a bunch of them. Um, and uh, and get caught up on that, but I do have a, a ton of text to to look through, and I'm going to try my best. But let's go to Joy. We're going to go out to Strathmore. Good morning, Joy. Good morning, Merle. Um, I uh, have a question for you that nobody okay. can seem to answer. I have a Christmas cactus that's humongous. Yeah, and it's really healthy, and it's just so fluffy and full how can i prune it or should i prune it um if it's nice and healthy in that and you don't need to if you have room for it i i there's no need to prune it but if you do want to you just see you know how it it, is all the stems are in little segments yep you just you just sort of break it off at one of those segments um and then you can actually start a new one from those ones so right Right, but oh. if, it, if it's if it's nice and healthy, the only reason I would do it is if if it's starting to get thinner looking at the ends, you might want to just this. Well, the, the some of the branches uh, or leaves that are hanging now, they're to feel them, they're quite thin. Yeah, so that just means it's probably running out of soil too. So maybe a good yeah. transplanting at this time. Um, get it ready. Transplanted, it. it's like a wild animal. Uh, I think it would take quite a few people to get it. 
what I would almost have to break the pot to get it yeah, out. Yeah, because some of those pots, and I'm just envisioning, it might be a pot that goes narrower at the top than wider at the bottom. Uh, no, it's about the same. About oh, okay, so it should be able to slide right out. Um, depends how big it is. If you get someone to help you, even flip it upside down. And let it dry out before you do it, like flip it upside down and then hold it and then have your new pot ready with a little bit of soil in it and then flip it into the new pot. Uh-huh. Or if the uh, pot it, doesn't it's, mean it's, a bunch um, to you, you could you could give it a little whack. <laughs> <laughs> like I say, it's like a wild animal, but to get your hand in underneath, you know. You just got to support it. So when you as you're flipping it over, you just make sure you have your hand underneath the plant itself. Uh-huh. And you uh-huh. might break the odd branch or something, but that don't worry about it. it it'll be fine. Oh, okay. So just flip so. it over and uh, and pop it out of that soil and then... It, it, it might as well go like two or three inches bigger, all right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I do need help on that. Yes. Mm-hmm. All righty. Thank you okay. so much. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, and I got to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Partly cloudy and 18 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 1030. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. Quebec is reporting 1,079 new cases of COVID-19 today. It's the third straight day that the province has crossed the 1,000 case mark. Ontario, meanwhile, is reporting 566 new cases, but some data date back to the spring, rather, and are flowing from a data review in Toronto. U.S. President Donald Trump's doctor continues to dodge answering some reporters' questions as he gave an update on the president's COVID-19 treatment. Dr. Sean Conley says the president was given a steroid after a drop in oxygen levels yesterday. He added the president did not feel short of breath but refused to go into the specifics of Trump's care. Global News Sky Tracker weather, a chance of showers today and a high of 21. It's 18 degrees, breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 11. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And uh, and if you are down at the at the garden center, I just want to mention one young gentleman that's down there, and he is uh, taking the annual house by storm this year. We have Jonah Thompson. He's a superstar in the hockey rink and a superstar in the annual area. Uh, thanks to Jonah. And uh, if you're lucky down there, you say hi to him. Good-looking kid, say hi. And uh, he'll help you out with any of your plant stuff. I love it. We got when you get young guys. He's a he was a friend of my son's, and had a few of them working there, and uh, and they all did a great job this year. But uh, and Jonah has stuck around a little bit longer, and Owen's working there as well right now. But Jonah is uh, he's he's really liking the plants, so it's a uh, good job on you, Jonah, and thanks for for being part of the spruce team. Let's go to Doug. Good morning, Doug. Warren Merle. How can I help I got- you? I got I got a question about um, lilacs, lilacs and peppers. <laughs> yeah, is what it says. Nice. Well, there you go. So uh, anyhow, uh, when can I trim lilacs? And then actually trim, I mean cut them down, say a foot long. Okay, yeah, I, I would even go down lower if I'm gonna if I'm gonna go right down. I'd go right down to the ground, like sort of six eight inches. Um, oh my goodness. Yeah, or or if you just wanted to take them down a foot from where they are, you mean? 
No, they're already too high. They're like eight, ten feet high. Okay, are they nice and healthy, or are they just lots of deadwood and? Oh, they're they're really healthy. That's the problem. Uh, yeah, see, if you cut them down, they're just going to grow right back up there, anyways. So I, I would just that's okay. I would just thin them out then, because if you remove the height, you're going to lose all the blooms and stuff. That's all right. I I don't mind that. Okay, you sort of want to keep them more of a hedge or keep them rounded or. Yeah, yeah. I I just want to cut them down for the winter. Yeah. No, you can do that. Uh, I would just wait till everything goes dormant. Let let it lose uh, a more of the leaves until all the leaves are gone. Then you can almost do it any time after that. Okay, and then as you say, cut it down six six inches uh, or so. Well, well, it depends. Well, it depends. If you wanted to go take it right down, I've done that lots. So I, I call it rejuvenation. Um, mm-hmm. So I typically do it if I have an unhealthy lilacs or or, or asters or nine barks or whatever. I take them right down to the ground, but then it'll just grow all new stuff from the bottom. And the first year you get about four to six feet, and then the second year you'll get another three or four feet. So it'll be at back up to seven feet high in a couple of years. So That's, uh, there you go. Okay, and these are old lilacs. Yeah, you know, yeah, the like old, the yeah, really, 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 really original lilacs. Yeah, the old, yeah, yeah, those. Uh, I know exactly yeah. the velocias. They have the more of the curled leaf sort of thing. Yeah, or not r- ripple uh, leaf. I guess not a, uh, a graft. Yes. But, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Next question is about uh, my peppers. Okay. Um, I want to move them to the heated greenhouse. What do I fertilize them with, and so on? Um. I would just use fifteen thirty fifteen. Continue with that. That helps produce any of your blooms and roots, and uh, and it'll keep it producing some fruit for you. Okay, now, just watch um, for spider mites this, uh, and things like that that you have growing outside right now. Uh, they're in a, they're in a, a greenhouse that's not heated. Oh, okay, and then you're moving them into a heated greenhouse. Yes. Okay. Yeah, they should be fine. Now, my biggest problem is aphids. Yep. Pure spray green. And you have to do it sort of, if you do it today, you have to do it again in five days, then again in five days. Um, because they're almost born pregnant. So when they come, you have to you have to break the cycle. So you need to do it like three times in a row, sort of every five days. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Now, uh, somebody said something to me about putting marigolds in. Well, yeah, that, that definitely helps. Yeah, if you and you can f- try and find some marigold seeds at this time. If you put marigolds closer, then it will help get rid of the aphids. But then now, you just uh, got to watch that they get spider mite. Though the a- the marigolds can get thrip and spider mite, so you just you got to be just careful bringing that into the greenhouse as well. I, I would I would try to even use mar- or try and find some ladybugs. Um, I know we still have some ladybugs at the store. Put those in the greenhouse. Um, that will eat all the aphids. If you want to go more natural, rather than trying to then to use marigolds. Now, uh, how long will uh, those uh, ladybugs live? Um, as long as there's food there, they'll live for a long time. Oh my goodness! Okay, yep. well there you go. Thank you very much. All right, take care. Thank okay, you. Okay, thanks, Merle. Bye bye. Bye. All right, where are we at for time? I got a little bit of time. I'm going to go to Peter. Good morning, Peter. Yes, good morning. How can I help you? Got a got a question for you. Yes, I live in an area where just across the fence from me is forest, and it's just full of poplar trees. Yep. So I get these suckers coming up into my yard. Yep. Now, I kind of get the idea that if I sprayed that with a killer, it would also kill off the host tree. 
Well, it, it well, because they work, they live in clones. Well, it depends if you just do the little bit of suckers that come up. But the bigger problem is the roots coming under. So what I would do is I would just go on the outside of the fence or on the inside of the fence and maybe just dig down and try and cut the roots off if you could try and find some of that. Oh, okay. I've been able to trace them back yeah. to a point where... Uh, some of the roots are about, oh, three inches in diameter type of thing. Oh, yeah, I know they'll be big. Yeah. So I, I cut a chunk out of it, uh, yep. about a foot, on, on, you know, and so I have a gap. Then the next thing is the one going to the tree I just leave, and the one coming into my yard, I've cut a notch in it, and I've put some salt in it just to see what would happen. Yeah. I, I, that, but you're going to still have that root into your yard. If you can, try and dig it up, if, if at all possible. Um, on that one, you could use the Roundup or something like that if you want to kill anything coming up on that root because ah, you know perfect. it's not okay. going to go back into the trees, right? That's correct, yep. And there's only normally, like, there's, there's well, I guess there's only one big sucker root that comes out. I won't be cutting into a tributary of it. No, and most of those are it's probably the native aspens as well. Um, they send out all little families. Like they, that's sort of how they reproduce and, and survive in the in the forest, right? They they usually last 20, 30 years, and then they fall down, and the young ones come up from the bottom. So that's sort of their reproduction cycle. Yeah, and they come to a they come to a, a, a an area of a good watering. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's where if there if there's no water where they're going, they they'll source it out. So, thank you very much. All right, take care. Bye. 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 All right, and I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. Emerald Coons and got a question here from James. He's looking to do a do-it-yourself greenhouse, and he's looking what to use as a clear cover, heavy plastic, plexiglass. Um, if you can get some good 6 mil poly, um, that works awesome. Um, Lexan, if the budget permits, is also great. Um, so depending on how big you are and, and the budget, but the 6 mil poly, I know that's what we have on our cold frames, and we'll, we'll get three to five years out of it. Um, which is great, and it's fairly inexpensive. Um, so that that works phenomenal. And uh, and if you do need to cut a little vent, they're not the budget isn't crazy. If you get a roll of it, you can replace it. And uh, if you need to cut a little bit of uh, uh, air vent in there, you're good to go. All right now, I'm going to go to Stephen. Good morning, Stephen. Yeah, good morning. You remember when I called you about those pesky squirrels? squirrels. Yeah. I mentioned to you that a lady down the street spends six hundred, seven hundred dollars <laughs> every month and, uh, in order to educate her because I'm a nobody. I got a biologist to tell her that this is not a good idea. Yeah, that went through one ear and came out the other. And <clears throat> you recommended some sort of a good, expensive concoction uh, to dissuade the animals from going through the vent hole underneath the roof yep. uh, and going inside. So we put that aside and we used uh, a technique called a one-way door where a spring activated uh, yep. funnel, a metal funnel is placed on the hole that they go in and out of yep. because sooner or later I figured those animals need to go out and food and party and not put a, <laughs> a mask on or abide by uh, uh, the uh, health uh, minister's uh, 
standards. Uh, so if they have to leave, they have to get in. And yeah. if that spring closes the gate, there are more squirrels in there. They can all get out, but they cannot go back in. Well, and that's, that's good. What we did. Uh, except, and I also realized that squirrels are very, uh, uh, if they can't get into their home, they go and find another home. Yep. So after a while, we removed that and put a 14-gauge mesh metal screen yep. on that opening. Now, to use your concoction uh, for the old man that's 88, on uh, fixed income was a bit high. So I yep. prepared a concoction for him, black peppers uh, mixed in with uh, cayenne powder, yep. which has 100,000 BTUs that you use for cooking, very powerful. You, you yep. use something less in a bear spray and put it in olive oil and use a brush and brush the vents using that. Um, Oh, no, if you make it uncomfortable for them, they'll go find somewhere else, and that's similar to the Bob X or something like that. So, no, I'm glad that worked out for you, and, and hopefully um, that is uh, it's dealt with. They have not come back, uh, Merle. Is that that's awesome. Normal? I yeah, because they, they're, the they're pretty smart. Like, they know um, if, if they don't like something, a deterrent, there's lots of other places to go. They just go the other way, right? So yeah, well, that's what not... the biologist said, but the lady's still feeding them, and uh, we keep telling her they get run over quite often uh, when they cross the street. Cause no, people but some people enjoy that, right? If that's what she enjoys, I know it doesn't always work for everybody, but um, if you're able to keep them out of your place now, then we've you've solved that. So I think that's a great option. So, all right. Do you think they'll come back? I don't think so, because just keep that there and keep a little spray every so often, and they know not to go to Steve's house. They don't like you no more, Steve. So, <laughs> all right, all right. Okay. Take care, sir. Bye-bye. Bye bye. All right. Um, let's go to Don. Good morning, Don. Good morning, Merle. Uh, just wondering when the best time. I've got some uh, raspberries that suckered through my different parts of my bed. Yeah. When's the best time to cut those off and move them? My wife wants to thicken up her raspberry beds. I'm just I, I would do it early spring, like just okay. early, as soon as the ground's thawed and you, you're starting to do it. That's the best time. Okay. Yep. Just Wonderful. to sort of remember where you're going and what you want to do. Maybe put a marker out there. And then, uh, and then you're good to go. Super. Thanks, Enjoy Don. Thanks so much. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right. And I got uh, a couple nice pictures. Good morning, Merle. This is a beautiful dahlia that I grew from a bulb. When do I dig up the bulb to overwinter? Any tips on overwintering? Like This thing is seven inches wide. It's just gorgeous. Gorgeous. Big dinner plate dahlia. And uh, actually, a friend of mine, Dwayne Passy, he's looking after a place out there. He's doing a phenomenal job gardening. He sent some pictures of some dahlias from his place. Um, look phenomenal. He's doing a good job. Um, and the best thing to do, I, I usually used to let them freeze first. They'll get that first heavy frost where it kind of goes black and mushy. And that's when I dug up my dahlias. But that just ensured that the energy went back down. They went through the first frost that kind of shuts them down. And then I pulled them out of the soil, knock a bunch of the dirt off, the soil off, let them dry out for three or four days. And then I just stored them in, in, a, in a cool, dark place in a cardboard box or a cooler. 
um, a little bit of peat moss in there, and uh, and you're good to go. So that uh, that usually works really really quite well. So and let's go. Maybe we'll go one more text here. Um, are succulents okay to leave out in the winter? Um, depends if it, if most like hens and chicks and all, absolutely. They, they do great sedums in pots. Like people ask, what can I grow in pots over the winter? A lot of our succulents, um, you can do that and, and let them live in your pots over the winter time. So, but right now I'm going to take a quick break and we'll do the last, uh, 10 minutes here on the show. When we get back, you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Garden. I have a few questions about people wanting to bring things inside. Um, Deanna has some rosemary. If possible, I would try to replant that as well, Deanna. But if you are bringing things inside, if you, if you don't have any insecticides, what I would do is lay them on the deck or in the grass, give them all a good little hose down, and it'll knock off any of the bugs and seeds and stuff and and uh, little eggs, and it just gives them a good clean. If you do have pure spray green, I would give them a shot of that after I wash them off, and that will make a big difference um, bringing it into the house. You're not bringing any of that nasty uh, spider mites or different things into the house. And uh, if you're going to do that, because it is nice, I'm doing the eucalyptus and the bougainvillea that I'm bringing inside that I had outside in my pots, and it's nice to save some of those things and... uh, and go because I, I actually had my bougainvillea in one of my Mexican pots that we we brought out from uh, down from Mexico. So, uh, kind of want to keep it going and uh, and see if I can enjoy this uh, bougainvillea. We have a nice bright basement, so I'm able to bring some plants into the into the lower part, which is kind of nice. But right now, I'm going to go to Leslie. Good morning, Leslie. Morning, Merle. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? Well, so I have this um, African violet, and it just did gorgeous this all spring and summer long and was covered in blooms i had transplanted it in the spring yeah but now um all the blooms are done but all the foliage it's getting new foliage on the top but all the old foliage is um drooping does it defoliate Um, from time to time sometimes they do lose some of the old foliage yes should i if if they when they look start looking wrinkle like they'll wrinkle up a bit I pull them off because then it's not wasting its energy to get um, um, to. It's not trying to waste its energy to to re get those bloom or those leaves healthy. So I would just uh, just do that. That's what I was wondering. I, it, although it's going to be almost like two thirds of the plant. <laughs> this thing. watch so you're not getting it too wet. That would yeah, be my no, only I other concern. I haven't done that. I mean, I've been just consistent and doing the same thing that I always do, and I've had know, it for years. Okay, then it should be good. Like, it sounds like it, as long as you're letting it dry out in between waterings. Yeah. I, I know we, we do have the African violet, like the, the, the self-watering pots, and they love those pots. Like, it's, it's you fill up the bowl underneath, and it just sucks it up through the through the bottom, through the terracotta. Right. And man, the, the African violets do so well in those pots. So and, right. and you don't have to worry. So that would be my only thing is just watch that you're not getting it too wet. Okay, and then so uh, cut off. Should I just cut off those droopy? Yeah, if they're if they're just droopy, it? it's fine. But when they start crinkling up, then I would take them off. Okay, perfect. Alrighty. All right. And Thank make sure you, so you keep much, feeding Rose. it 15, 30, 15, and it should keep uh, blooming nicely for you. 
So it'll keep blooming even though it bloomed all yeah, summer long? No, they, they, well, they'll bloom all the time. Like they're... Oh, okay. All right. Excellent. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Have a good day. You Bye-bye. Too. All right. I'm going to go to Allison. Good morning, Allison. Good morning. How can I help you? Um, I'm wondering about, and it sounds like you've addressed this question, I guess. Um, I just didn't see, hear the whole program. I'm wondering about bringing in, I have a beautiful herb garden. I have, oh gosh, everything from lovage to, uh, yep. just everything. I it's just, it, it just, herbs are notorious for bugs. Yeah. So, um, I would just be very careful. I would pull them up. I, I would repot all my herbs if I'm going to bring them in. I'd cut them back and repot them. Okay, so you would actually dig out the roots instead yeah. of taking a clipping? Yeah. Okay. Myself. Depending on what, for the most part, yes. Because some of them don't do cuttings well. Some do good. But for the okay. most part, I would just do rejuvenation, s- similar to what I talk about with our shrubs. Okay. If you just cut them back, repot them into new soil, mm-hmm. and then bring them in, clean them at that point, give them a shot of pure spray green, and then with fresh soil, then you're good to go for, for most of the winter. Put them in a nice sunny spot. And and you'll be good, but they're the, they're notorious for powder mildew, aphids, okay. spider mites. So okay. <laughs> just like okay. us, we love our herbs, but so do the pests. So if I use pure spray green, so I bought some from you. Yep. But the label was destroyed, so I couldn't read oh, it. Okay, we if you call the store or uh-huh. you can look it up, there is a, actually they have the label online. It's really easy to find. Well, my question about it, and I don't know if you know about this or not. So I have, I have this um, Josta berry that I've been fighting aphids yeah. all summer, and it's in my strawberry bed. So yeah. I have to, I feel like I, I should cover all the flowers so that I don't get any pure spray green in the flowers. It won't hurt. It, like that will be fine. If you, if it, it's a pharmaceutical grade mineral oil, it's not like a chemical. Yeah, but what about the bumblebees? It only sprays touch if it touches it. Like it's a contact, like it's an oil. So it's not like it sits there like a residual. If they eat it, they're going to die. So it's not like a chemical. That's what I mean. Like it it more suffocates things. Okay. Yeah. So so only if you see the bee and you're soaking the bee down, then you got more issue. But yeah, if it's just there, like the bee can land on it after it's not going to kill it or nothing. So. Okay. You're totally fine. Yeah, I think that was my major question. I was worried okay. about the honeybees yeah, you'll be fine. I have so many in my yard. No, absolutely. And that's why, again, we don't want to do too much of a cleanup in our garden. You want to keep it. Um, you want to keep those natural areas for our bees, for our ladybugs, all that fun stuff. So. Yeah, and the birds, too. Absolutely. The birds are eating. Like, I let everything go to seed because I don't know what it's going to be like next year. So we're gonna have a we're gonna have a great seeds. gardening season. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah, but I mean, for availability for seeds, we're gonna have lots. We're okay. we're already working with our suppliers, and oh, everybody good. knows the demand, and uh, we're working hard at it. All righty, oh, that's good to know. Okay, well, thanks, thank you Allison. so much for your time. Thank you. Nice bye bye. Nice. Bye. Thank you. Bye bye. All right, and uh, Bridget and Norma, if you want to wait online, I'll chat with you after the show. Um, again, thanks for listening in. It was a great show. Lots of participation. I totally appreciate it. And uh, we'll get our garden on next week right here on 770 CHQR.